Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. I do podcast episode 51. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? 
Email us at info at idopodcast.com and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. Hey everyone, we're excited to introduce our guest today, Marina Margulies. Did I get it right? You got it right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey, we're excited to have you on. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Marina is the founder and CEO of New York Socials. She is regarded as a top matchmaker and dating and relationship coach in New York City. Marina holds a professional certified matchmaker certification from the Matchmaking Institute of America, as well as a certified professional coach certification from Fowler International Academy of Professional Coaching. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, I, I think that the second question is self-explanatory. I love helping people find love. I love seeing people in love. I think that if there was as much love as possible in the world, our world would be just a bit of a better place to live. So um, that is the sole purpose of what why I do what I do. Um, but I am a matchmaker. And as I said, I do help people find love. Um, I run my business a little bit differently from old-fashioned matchmaking in that instead of um, giving my clients a phone number and a description of a photo of a potential mate and sending them out to fetch for themselves, what I do is I make introductions at what we call socials. And basically, it's just an intimate party. Usually, they're in closed rooms or restaurants here in New York where I will invite my clients along with a number of potential potential matches, and we have a party. And so in the atmosphere of a very intimate and small party, people meet each other. They don't feel like um, it, it's a blind date. They feel like it's their um, initiative to meet somebody. They're usually drawn to each other. It's, it's, it, there's a lot of chemistry in a room. And at the end of the party, they usually meet for the dates, and we help them arrange future dates. Um, thereafter, I also do a lot of dating coaching as well as relationship coaching for both men and women in my club. Excellent. Well, through all of your experiences, hopefully some of these matchmaking and socials are leading to marriage, and that's going to go right along with our topic today of signs that you are ready for marriage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's always exciting, you know, and it's always a question that comes up for me in coaching. Am I ready? Or how do I know when I'm ready? Or how do I know I'm not just in lust as opposed to in love and ready for a relationship to last a lifetime? So I think it's a very important subject, and it's a subject that should come up in a lot of relationship coaching. Well, you wrote a really interesting article about 10 different ways to know that you're ready. And the first tip that you give is that you can't imagine your life without that person in, in it. Correct. And and it should be just a feeling. It's an all-embracing feeling where when you think of yourself 10 years, 20 years from now, you're always thinking of yourself with your partner next to you. It, it, so it's not like you're projecting your career plans into the future and being alone in the apartment while you achieve that CEO title. It is a projection into the future with that CEO title, but with your wife or with your husband next to you. And you can't even imagine not doing it together. You can't even imagine going through certain stages of life and not having that partner with you. 
And once you get to that point where you do envision future and you always envision it with your partner next to you, that's marriage material. You're ready. Mm -hmm. Nice. And another one you mentioned is that the thought of children becomes more and more amusing and attractive to you. Absolutely. I've coached so many couples where they started out saying, I absolutely do not want any kids. And then fast forward a month, two months, a year, two years, and all of a sudden they're saying, you know what? I could see a little Johnny who looks like a cross (laughs) between myself and my wife sitting next to us on the sofa watching cartoons or playing with Lego. And they begin to envision not just a life in the apartment or in a house with their partner, they begin to envision a family and all of a sudden having children seems like the best idea they can possibly have because that will that will bring um, you and your partner even closer together. Yeah, I think, I mean, we can relate to that in that we've always known that we both want to have children, but it gets to a point when you're in the relationship for so long that you're just, you're ready for kids as a, as be not, not quite yet for us, but eventually, you know, you know that you're ready to bring kids into this world and have it as part of your relationship. Not only that, but you begin to visualize yourself as a family unit. So... And again, it's not for everybody. Some people know for sure they don't have children, and that's perfectly fine. Then it's fine for their relationship. But but for some people, they begin to envision the whole unit, not just the couple, but you as a couple with extensions of yourself, meaning your children and, and raising children and passing on certain values or even certain interests and hobbies that you have as a couple, and you want to expand your family. And, and you, you could just visualize those Christmas holidays around a huge table with her family, your family, so on and so forth. So it begins to change the whole vision of the future and future with the kids begins to change. I think it's important to note, we've had this come up before, that while envisioning yourself with children is an important thing to realize that maybe you're ready to get married, but if you're having problems, having kids is not the solution that's going to bring you closer. Some people might say, oh, we'll, we'll have kids and then we'll, we'll learn to love each other. You know, that's a great point because that point works both ways for starting a relationship for retaining a relationship or saving a relationship. And a lot of times I do coach people who come to me and say, well, you know, we can get a divorce because we have kids. And they always use kids as a collateral for, you know, continuing to have a relationship or only if I had a kid, our relationship will be stronger. Kids have never stood in the way of people not loving each other. And it has nothing to do with them. You could have all the love in the world for your child and not love your partner anymore. So whereas, yes, there will be love for the kids, there will always be love for your children, the children will never be the factor that will keep your relationship together if it's not meant to be together. Great. Well, the next point that may show that you're ready to get married is that you have no interest in having any intimacy with anyone else. Exactly. And and that point is, is, is something we really need to dwell on because a lot of times what I see is men and women in relationships who understand that they're in a monogamous relationship, yet they claim, well, you know, human beings are not exactly monogamous and, and I'm thinking of that, but I'm constantly catching myself not thinking of so-and-so. 
if you have to force yourself to not have sexual desires for someone else, then you need to consider, are you really in love? Because being in love is really being one whole. It's almost like two soulmates uniting, two soulmates becoming one soul. And for you to say, well, I'm going to curtail my, my desires, means that there are desires. And as long as they exist, that just means that there's doubt in your mind. It's only when you come to the point where even the possibility of having intimate relationships with somebody else can't cross your mind, where you only see yourself making love with your partner. That's true love. That is physical love as well as spiritual love because, again, if you are doing something to... Um, to really restrict your desire, if you are trying to suppress your thoughts and suppress your feelings for somebody else and it's not coming natural to you, you're not at the stage yet where you're ready to commit to somebody for a lifetime. And for our listeners out there, there's a difference when, when you talk about this as far as picturing yourself intimately with someone else and having to to not focus on that and just thinking that, you have a, you know, like a, a crush on a movie star or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I, there's a big difference between having a crush on a movie star and having a crush on your next door neighbor. Right. Because, frankly, <laughs> the reality is that chances are you're not going to start stalking. I hope you don't start stalking a movie star in hopes of having intimate relations with them, whereas your next door neighbor is fair game. Right. And so it's perfectly fine. Um, to, to have not so much a crush, but to admire a movie star. Because I think when we're talking about crushes, it becomes a bit immature. So that's a whole other problem in itself. However, it is perfectly fine to admire beautiful people. It is perfectly okay to say, you know what? That guy is just to die for. Look at him. He's an honest like Nothing wrong with that. It's only when you start to actually desire that guy next door and you begin to fantasize what what life would be like with him or what what sex would be like with him that you need to question your relationship with your partner it's it's a very big difference i think between being able to admit that somebody's beautiful being able to say you know so and so makes a great husband or so and so makes a great wife it's a whole other world when you start to imagine what life would be like if you were having sex with uh, Tracy next door or if, you know, if you were having an affair with John who works with you, that that's the time you need to really question, is your partner the, the, the person you want to spend your life with? Absolutely, yeah, and I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners so that they didn't... Uh worry that if they still had a crush on Zach Morris from Safe by the Bell, uh, that can be a threat to their marriage. <laughs> it is perfectly fine to have a crush on Zach Morris. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Perfect. Well, another sign that you might be ready for marriage is you enjoy waking up next to your partner every morning. You know, one of the things that I usually hear from my singles a lot is that I can't stand the thought of another one-night stand. And what that means is they can't really stand anymore waking up and having a face that they can't remember or maybe can't place or don't necessarily care for somebody they just met at the bar. And here's this person next to them in the morning. And by the time the liquor wears off, all you want to do is just sleep. And so 
it, there's a huge difference between that and waking up in the morning next to a person you truly love or you're in love with because you want to be there. You know, you don't even want to get out of bed. And that feeling is so strong when you wake up. It's a feeling of happiness because you just spent a night with a person you love. And it doesn't have to be intimate relationship. It could be just what it is. You know, you could be sleeping all night. But to wake up and see the face and a body next to you that, that you love, that you're in love with, that's when you know that it's real. Well, I think that's something that we can relate to is that, you know, Chase travels a lot. And so when he's home uh-huh. and, you know, he's we're back, you know, together, it's nice because we wake up next to each other and it's um, it just it just feels right versus when he's gone, you know, obviously, I, you know, it's a little bit harder, but empty. yeah, but it's, it's, it just feels empty. Exactly. Yeah. But it, when he's here and it's, it's just nice to have him home and, and be, a, be a couple. And that's, and, and, and that's exactly right. It, it, it's that feeling of being a couple. And, and, you know, one of the things that my mom always taught me is that no matter what you share your bed, you know, meaning that no matter what, you're a couple, it's your marriage bed. And if something happens, you resolve your issues because you have to share your bed. So you resolve them ahead of time, but you don't not share them because there is that certain intimacy that, that is involved when you feel each other's body in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and you become that couple. You almost become empty when you wake up in the middle of the night and your bed is empty because you miss that intimacy and you miss that um um, unity, if you will, of, of two bodies spending a night together. Oh, yeah. And we spoke with uh, somebody, I think it was a, a couple that had been married for 20 years, and they said that they might have an argument that night, but when they go to bed, they'll always have their feet touching. And that's just a sign that they're, maybe they did have that argument, but they're okay and that they still love each other yep. and, and they'll resolve things in the morning. And that's awesome. That, that, that's, that's one way to, to describe it, and I think it's absolutely great. But you know what? The more the world changes, the more it stays the same. You know, my grandmother preached it. My mother preached it. You resolve things, and then you share a bed, because when you share a bed, you are closer to each other rather than, you know, in an argument, go to separate rooms, not having to spend the night. It, it only escalates issues. Right. But when you're in that one bed, it's almost like you feel compelled to make up, because what are you going to do now? speak to each other for days when you share in the bed. Right, exactly. So, um, so there is that feeling that you wake up and you want to wake up next to your partner. You like waking up next to your partner. Once you get to that point, you're ready to spend the rest of your life with him or her. Mm-hmm. Well, we love that. The next sign is that you find her dysfunctional, or his dysfunctional family, <laughs> charming and electric. Eclectic. Oh, eclectic. I'm sorry. <laughs> eclectic. You know what? And, and I only use it because, you know, we in New York always laugh that we don't have crazy people who are eclectic people. And basically, it's when you start to look for the good in everything. And yes, we all have dysfunctional families. We all have crazy relatives. But instead of having that annoy you, all of a sudden you find it very charming. You know, you find that it's a lot of fun to spend time with these eclectic people. (laughs) So you look, bottom line is you look for the good side in everything about your partner. So even if she dreads her, you know, her Christmases with, with her crazy family or her dysfunctional family, 
you don't necessarily have any hostility towards them because you love her. And by extension, you only see the positive side of her and her family. And it's not just the family. It could be anything. You know, it, it could be the way she walks. What if she wobbles, you know, like a little teddy bear, and you find it charming, you find it cute, you find it sexy, instead of saying, oh, you know, me, my fiancé is wobbling like a teddy bear. <laughs> so there are little charming things you start to, to, to find in each other, even if others would describe them as less than favorable. Absolutely. We see it's really about seeing the best in, in them and, and not a negative trait. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and it's almost like it, it's not a conscious um, activity that you do. It just comes out. You find yourself thinking, oh, you know, Uncle John is kind of charming, you know, he, in his own separate way. So he doesn't wear footwear ever. You know, in minus 30 degree weather, I find it very charming. So it, 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 it's, it's an eternal feeling that lets you see the good side in, in some places where it's difficult to find one. Right. Well, loving them for their imperfections. Exactly. That is exactly right. Or, you know, we're not all created equal. Not people are equal. So, you know, if she has her idiosyncrasies and you are in love with her for that, that's the time to get married because you know that if you are not looking at them as her crazy habits, but you're saying this is what makes my girlfriend what she is today with all her idiosyncrasies, with all her craziness, that's the time you know that you're truly in love. I love it. Well, another sign that you might be ready to get married is you're inadvertently admiring other people's wedding bands. Oh, yeah. I I had a client who told me from the get-go he's not interested in marriage and he's not interested in that piece of paper. He just wants a long-term relationship. And um, we we had a number of sessions. And then at the end, he came to me. He said, you won't believe what I did last night. We were having dinner with this couple. And that whole dinner... My my girlfriend and I just kept looking at the wedding bands and the engagement band, and we just kept talking about it, where they got them. And he said it was almost like invasion of body snatchers. I don't know why I found the whole thing stimulating and interesting. Mm-hmm. I said, well, maybe because it's time for you to get married. And he said, you know, maybe it's not such a bad idea. There I was. And it's almost like when you are ready to have a baby and you start look, you start noticing babies on the streets, you start noticing the strollers, mm-hmm. you start noticing the way they behave. It's the same issue here. You begin to look at people's wedding bands, you begin to look at their engagement bands thinking, hmm, this could be me. And I have had clients who swore off marriage and then the day came where there they were in that store picking out wedding bands for hours and hours on end. And sometimes it was a week-long ordeal where they would go to every single store that they could think of for weeks and weeks. So once you are, once you are looking at wedding bands, chances are you're going to purchase them. And you're going to purchase them for a reason. That's pretty, uh, yeah. yeah, accurate. And I think it's a sign that if... It's pretty. If there's not any, really any other sign that if you're ready to buy a wedding band, I think you're ready to get married. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you're not just looking at them to admire the artwork. You're looking at them because you're looking to wear one. And, you know, and same thing, many people really think that it's mostly uh, a male problem, you know, this avoiding marriage and wedding that I find, and, and I'm not sure if it's particular to New York or, or if, if it's as widespread. I do believe it's not just a New York thing, but women don't necessarily want to get married. 
I have clients that beg their girlfriends to marry them, and the girlfriends are just not interested. But again, there comes a time when all of a sudden they say, well, why don't we just go to the store and just look at this engagement ring? We're not going to buy anything. Guess what? They all end up buying and then and end up marrying at the end. So once you start thinking jewelry, chances are it's long-term. Great. Well, the next sign is that you are thinking about uh, joining your finances. So calculating the cost of selling your bachelor pad uh, for something uh, or to put a down payment on a house. This is something that will sneak up on you and you will not even realize that it's it's your marriage calling. Um, I have so many couples who divide everything right down the middle. You know, you pay the gas, I'll pay the electric bill. You pay for water, I'll pay for rent. And then there comes a time when all of a sudden, you know, them living in his bachelor apartment becomes something they no longer want to do. All of a sudden, they start to say, hmm, what would happen if we sold this apartment and buy something together? That is a big sign. When people are beginning to think about buying real estate together, that's a long-term commitment. Mm. I mean, we're talking at least 15 years mortgage, 30-year mortgage. That is a long-term commitment. But they're also, it, it's not the money that people are thinking about. It's joining their life together. Because instead of his money, her money, it now becomes our money. And once it becomes our money, it becomes family money. And so when you start thinking, okay, so maybe we should move in together, or if you're already living together, we shouldn't be living in this tiny apartment that I bought years and years ago or I'm renting. Maybe we should buy a piece of real estate that belongs to both of us and that we could share. When you are thinking in terms of sharing the costs and sharing your finances, you're really thinking in terms of sharing your family. And that's what it boils down to. And it's it's really important at that point to to talk about your relationship to make sure you're on the same point because if you're going into, you know, an investment or buying a house with somebody, you need to make sure that you're both serious and on the same level about the relationship. Absolutely. But you know, one of the things I need to point out is it's always important to start your relationship by talking about it. Because one thing you don't want happening to you is to be six or six months or eight months into a relationship and realize you both want different things. You know, by that time, you used to each other, you, you, you love each other, or you may be in love, whatever it is, but then you realize that he may want children, you don't want children. You know, he wants to live in the city, you want to live in a suburb. There are a lot of little things that people don't think need to be discussed right away. And I'm not saying it's something you want to discuss on the first date necessarily. However, these are the things that should be discussed early in the relationship because last thing you want to happen to you is to fall in love with a person and a year into your relationship to realize that you have different goals in life. So this is something you need to start talking about early to make sure that you move in, in the same direction. So you're absolutely right. You do need to talk about it. You do need to communicate just to ensure that you're on the same path. Well, this next one is one that I particularly enjoy, and it's enjoying the simple moments together. Something like going on a walk can be really special to you. Yeah, sometimes if you walk the dog together holding hands, it's this feeling of closeness. It's this feeling of being next to each other. And sometimes when you begin to do very ordinary, um, 
very silly things together, like grocery shopping. You begin to feel like you are part of a household. You're part of a family. It doesn't. You don't have to necessarily be going out to fancy restaurants every night. Sometimes you really do want to just you know, walk around the block together or go see a sunset together or maybe sit on a cafe and sip coffee for an hour. But whatever it is, because you're doing it together, it gives you a feeling of closeness and that's where you want to be at that particular moment. I had a couple who came to me and said, well, we feel so bad because we just missed somebody's party because we haven't seen each other. We were traveling and we just wanted to be together. I said, well, what did you do? They said, absolutely nothing. We stayed home in the apartment watched an old movie, and just sat around in our pajamas just being next to each other. And you know what? That's beautiful. If that's what you want to do, and if that makes you happy, you're ready for marriage because there'll be a lot of moments that probably 20 years from now you may or may not appreciate as much as you do now. (laughs) So once you do have those moments, cherish them because sometimes it's the simple things in life that make us happy. Well, I love it. I think that's, it's so, like you said, it's so simple, but it's the simple things that make it all worth it. So it's, it's an yeah. awesome sign. The next one is that you and your partner become each other's cheerleaders. Oh, that is so important. You need to bring each other up and never put each other down. And that is extremely important. You need to believe in each other because if you don't, who will? You have to be each other's biggest cheerleaders. So if tomorrow she comes to you and said, you know what, I want to quit my job as a physician because I want to start a rock band. Fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it borders the extreme, of course, because there's certain things that he or she might say or do that will just totally leave you numb. However, if your partner wants to do something, wants to um, create something, you need to believe in each other. And you need to believe that if I said that I can do it, trust me, I could do it because I'm your partner, because you know me, you know my abilities. And you need to constantly um, not sing each other's praises because after a while it becomes very benign, um, but you need to hold each other up. If there's a small achievement that your partner is talking about, be happy. Or if there's a failure that your partner is, is complaining about, sympathize with them and, 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 and reinforce the fact that it's just temporary. We learn from failures and we just move on. It's those times that we need to be each other's cheerleaders, that we really appreciate how much we rely on each other. Because if it's not going to be my husband or my wife, then who will believe in me? I love it. And the last sign that you may be ready for marriage is that you trust your partner explicitly. There's no marriage without trust. Absolutely no marriage without trust. When you get to the point where you can send your husband into a strip club with a bunch of naked ladies who are just throwing themselves at him and giving him sex for free, and you say, you know what, I still know he's going to come home, it's that feeling of confidence and that feeling of trust in the other person. When you get to that point, you can marry that person. Because if there's even a fraction of mistrust in you, or if there's even a fraction of doubt, then you need to really examine where that doubt is coming from. It's only when, and, and I think you mentioned it, that, that you travel a lot and, and you don't see each other for days. And it's, 
it's those women or those men who sit behind and think about, okay, what could possibly be going on when I'm not with my partner? That should not happen. If you have to wonder what your partner is doing when you're not with them, this is not a long-term relationship. But you do need to examine the source of doubt. You need to understand why, if there's mistrust, where it's coming from. But if there's even a small percentage um, of, of mistrust in your mind or doubt in your head, you need to examine it and, and hold off on the marriage. These are all such great points that people can think about in to help them decide if they might be ready for marriage, but they're also great points if you are just to apply to your relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a relationship is something you need to work on. It's not something that comes very easily. There will always be bumps in a road, but as long as you put everything into perspective, I think the biggest advice I usually give to people about to get married is don't sweat the small stuff. There will be a lot of small stuff thrown at you don't sweat it. Worry about the big stuff. And everything else will kind of fall into place eventually. Well, these are some great signs, and we'll be sure to add them on to your show notes page, because I think if our listeners are hearing this, they're going to want to go back and just double check those, see if they're ready for marriage. So we'll have those listed on, on your show notes page on idopodcast.com. Great. That's great news. What do you find is the most common reason couples struggle in their relationship? I think it's something I mentioned earlier, and that is um, different goals in life. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't talk about them from the get-go because they want to appear all-encompassing and pleasing to their partner. So the partner says, you know what, it's been my lifelong dream to live in a suburb. You're right now in a honeymoon period. You've been dating for a month. And it goes right over your head because you're convinced somehow that you could change him or her. If for a split second, in the beginning of your relationship, you go into the relationship thinking that in a long term, you will change your partner, don't do it. Because what, what's going to end up happening is you going into the relationship with different goals, with different paths, with different um, ideas of the future. And if you're not moving together, it's going to be a huge source of friction and you need to eliminate it right from the get-go. Well, that's great advice. Well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Marina, are you ready to help us build lasting love? I am ready. (laughs) What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Say I love you. It's a little thing that goes a long way. Only do it if you mean it, but if you do, don't forget to tell each other you love them. I love it. (laughs) There you go. You learn it quickly. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples? There's a lot of resources out on the internet. They can always go to my website. It's nysocials.com. I also write advice column um, in there, and they could read a lot of my blogs for both men and women. Great. Well, your uh, those links will be on your show notes page as well, so our listeners know to go there great. to read, read those and check those out. Yep, great. And I always welcome questions, so drop me a note, give me a call. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. Great. Awesome. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? 
You know what? The best advice is the one that I just did. Don't smell this. Don't sweat the small stuff. Um, I have been married for too long for, you know, it's a number I can't even pronounce out loud. <laughs> and I find that when you first get married, everything is important and everything seems as a bone of contention that you really need to win. But at the end, I think you need to ask yourself, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? Enjoy each other's company. If you can go out together or stay home together and find things to talk about, you have a good relationship. So don't get old is <laughs> another <laughs> thing because, as you know, um, age is but a number. And so enjoy each other as much as you can. If the two of you can go out together and spend the night in the town without anybody, if needs be, and enjoy it more than you would accompany boring friends, you're in a good place. Absolutely. You don't want to be sitting at that table, you know, when you're 60, 70, 80 years old with nothing to talk about and realizing, oh. You know, that is such a good point. The worst thing I always notice, um, and, you know, when I go out, it's always a learning curve for me, and I'm always looking for for new examples. But the worst thing that really um, gets to me every time I go out is that couple that you just described who just sit there and either stare into space stare out the window and don't even speak to each other and you just want to come up and shake them up to say there's got to be something that you two share or there's got to be something you two have in common that you can talk about because as long as you could find things you can talk about then you will continue relationship and it will be a very productive relationship and one of the things that um, a lot of people ask me is that well what happens if we have different interests great awesome you know, you can go see the opera and you can go see a football game and then you can get together at night and discuss both. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be attached at the hip. You don't have to have um, all common interests um, that you share. You could, it, it's perfectly fine to have different interests and to have different hobbies and then talk about them as long as each respects the other's hobbies and the other's interests and allows each other and allows the partner to grow in those hobbies or interests or whatever they pursue in life. Well, that's great. I think, yes, yeah, so, like you're saying, supporting your partner or your spouse, even if you're not at that same interest that you liked that activity, for example, but supporting them and, and showing them that you care and, and you're interested in what they're doing is important. And, you know, it's also very important to, to actually have those interests and have hobbies and have activities because if you have nothing outside of your relationship, you need to question your position in life or, or, you know, your relationship with yourself because you have to exist outside of your relationship with your partner. And as much as that relationship will play the biggest role in your life, you still need to have something of your own, something that is yours that can exist outside of your relationship because what happens is if, if that relationship ever breaks up, where are you going to be? You just lost yourself in that relationship and there's nothing else outside of it. So it's always healthy to have different interests and different relationships as long as you, you, you encourage them in each other and you understand them and, and you welcome them. Well, you've given us some great information and in our listeners today to find out if they're ready for marriage. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. 
they can find me at www.nysocial.com. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thank you so much for all the generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. Thank you for inviting me. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.